The Parkinson Spiegel Show. I love this. This is my type of party. I love this. Afternoons on the score. And anytime you get down here, you have to be alert for Justin Field's yes. legs. They can be lethal in the red zone. Trent Taylor in motion. There, there is Fields in his legs. Dances outside. Stretches. Touchdown, Justin Fields. So Justin Fields is still QB1 until further notice. I think the more people learn about Caleb Williams now that he's declared for the draft and all of that, it seems like the majority of analysts are going to start saying that Caleb will be a bear, but we've got a long way to go uh, until we get there. And the offensive coordinator search, I think a lot of us are trying to say, oh, is that a Fields guy? Is that a, uh, a Caleb guy? Whatever the case may be. But what Ryan Poles would do with Justin Fields is worth discussing. Tanny has had this audio for us for since the end of the regular season. And because of something that Mel Kuyper said, it's worth circling around to, and we'll get to Kuyper in a second. This is the Atlanta Falcons season-ending press conference, and they just interviewed Bill Belichick for their head coaching job. They have no quarterback. They have the eighth pick in the draft. And Justin Fields is from Georgia. What are you laughing at? They have no quarterback. I mean, imagine if you're Desmond Ritter. You're like, wait, wait a minute. They, I play quarterback. They have no quarterback to speak of. They have, I, they, they, they have no quarterback that would be a problem for Justin Fields. You're like you're Taylor Heineke, and you're like, I exist. What I are am you doing, a quarterback. Man? Yes, I'm a carbon-based I, life form. I, I throw balls. I identify as a quarterback. So this is. Arthur Blank. What the hell? Is Arthur Blank, uh, their owner, and Rich McKay, their president of football, at their season-ending press conference, when they're talking about the position, be thinking of Justin Fields and if a homecoming would be a good fit. You mentioned he didn't lose the locker room. So was his downfall putting all his eggs in the Desmond Ritter basket? Or at one point did he ask to get another quarterback? And if so, who prevented that? Uh, so Okay, so let's go to the quarterback discussion. I think we like the direction of the team and of the franchise, but I think we need results, and we need results sooner rather than later, and we felt like that was what we needed. That's what we needed to do right now to make that happen. There was never uh, capital N-E-V-E-R. Still like, I think I could still spell at least that word I can. I think you're right. Uh, there, there was never any discussion about any other quarterback path other than one that Coach Smith and Terry uh, and we supported, but they chose to take. This is not to def- defend um, either Taylor uh, or Dez, but our quarterback play this year was clearly deficient. But quarterback play includes, you know, scheme, play calling, other players. You know, there's a lot of things that go into what makes a quarterback successful or not. Just remind everybody who may be aware of this or not, but, I mean, last 20 years in the Super Bowl has never been a quarterback who's been more than 70% of a team's cap. Having the right quarterback in the NFL is a really big deal. It doesn't mean you have to have necessarily the top two or three or four or five. You'd like to be in that, in that uh, position, but, you know, you want to have a quarterback who's going to be in a certainly top half, top quartile of the league, and somebody who's going to give you a chance to win. And, you know, Rich can give you the numbers better than I can, but 
you know, being able to score points in this league is important. Uh, you got to be able to defend too, but being able to score points in this league is is really important. You've got a uh, pretty rich quarterback, potentially rich quarterback uh, draft this year. Um, there probably be some quarterbacks who may be available in free agency or by trade, et cetera, as well. So I think to a new head coach, I think that's an opportunity. Yeah, there's it, a lot it, there that would point at Fields, right? I think so. Uh, I, I, I think so. The, 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 he references the trades there at the end, and he also references the percentage on the cap of teams that win the Super Bowl. Saying you uh, don't have to have a top five quarterback, but you'd certainly like it to be top half or top quartile. Right. Right, so, which is like a world, you know, top quartile maybe not, but top half for sure that you could see Justin playing himself into. Mm. But logically, I mean, you go for the young quarterback and you hope that he grows into it and then you can define the terms, et cetera. And well, while Justin's he's cheap not old. on the front. No, he's not. He's not old. Um, Justin's going to be in a, a really interesting fit for a, a couple of teams. And I think Atlanta is absolutely one of them. There's nothing in there that dissuades it um, at all. It's a team that, you know, a team that doesn't have one of those top two, three, or four picks doesn't feel like burning um, assets to move up there into that stratosphere and might feel like they're pretty good otherwise. Like they've got some pieces that make them competition-worthy right away with a quarterback who can come in and play. I mean, absolutely. Like They feel young, cheap, good wide receiver, young, cheap, good tight end, young, cheap, good running back who also is a wide receiver. They f- play in a dome. All three guys are very fast. Like they, they, they feel like they're a quarterback away from having an explosive offense that's young and cheap and can grow together and be together for their 20s, you know, like their, their athletic prime, which is why their draft approach has been so interesting. Like they've, dra- they've done everything except invest a high asset in the quarterback, uh, and they just – haven't unlocked it because they've been terrible at quarterback Like they haven't even gotten mediocre at quarterback they've just gotten bad and inconsistent can, can i say i love that arthur blank when it comes time to talk about like the offensive numbers and scoring points is like you can ask rich i'm sure he's got those numbers but when it came time for the salary cap percentage mm-hmm. that one he had on lockdown yes like he was ready to go with, with that one he also was much. like playing defense is nice scoring points it really matters so I was, I, I was aligned with him there. Uh, it also sounds like they want a known commodity as well. Like, it sounds like being at eight where they are in the draft, like they maybe don't want to roll the dice on a guy that's not necessarily one of the top three QBs in their class, you know? Yeah, mm. well, and that's, and that's the thing. Like, yeah, because where are you when you draft Will Levis and then you decide to play Will Levis and now you see flashes and the very next year you're like, is that our guy? What are we doing here? Like, you, you really got a hit on somebody or else you're, you're given time to something that's only going to make you go back to the well. Right. It, well, and that's – I mean, Fields ended up being better than two guys taken in front of him. Right? Better than Trey Lance, obviously. Better than Zach Wilson, obviously. Um, some people think we'll still be better than Trevor Lawrence. I don't, but some people do. Um, so it is a – teams like to draft. There's uncertainty at all of it, and this year maybe it'll be different. But – in general, Tanny's right. If you like, oh, I'm settling for the fourth quarterback in a class as opposed to this guy's a known commodity. I'll go out and take a swing on him. Uh, Mel Kuyper's out of his mind, though. 
right? With well, his, with the idea that he floated about fields. Let's let let let's hear. I I think so, but let's hear it. You think about Atlanta. I'm I'm thinking about Justin Fields here. If if, that, if he's going to be traded, I'm going to be the first one into the mix here. The Atlanta Falcons. He's high school. Think about going to Georgia before he went to Ohio State. And he showed this year he can be an outstanding quarterback. That's a tough decision for Chicago to make because Fields played so well. Something about that eighth pick, Michael Penix Jr. Justin Fields. Come on. I mean, yeah, let's face it. Justin Fields would be the guy at, at eight. So you have to think about that. If you st- if you don't make that move, okay. You take Michael Penix Jr. here. Hey, if you would have played against Michigan like you did against Texas, you're taking him. But it didn't happen, okay? So now you're thinking, okay, is there a pass rusher? No, there is not at that particular point to take. Is there somebody in the second? Is there a receiver opposite Drake London? Yeah, you've gone the offensive skill route time in and time out, Phil. It seems like, are we ever going to end that? I mean, I love B. John Robinson, love Drake London, love Pitts, love all. But now we got to get the quarterback. The quarterback is critical, and certainly to me, Justin Fields is who I'm talking to the Bears about that opportunity there because I'm a heck of a lot better off, I think, going that route than drafting that fourth quarterback. So Justin Fields is on my mind here with the Atlanta Falcons. When you're saying, okay, the eighth pick overall for Justin Fields, I wouldn't do it. I'd say I understand you got to commit a lot of money to Justin Fields, but he's shown great promise without having a receiver opposite more, without having an offensive line. Obviously, you think about Justin Fields, is he perfect? No. Holds the ball a little too long, locks on the primary guy will miss some of those gimmies at times but the bottom line is dual threat capability the toughness the competitiveness that locker room believes in Justin Fields in Chicago so I think Atlanta would, would as well so I think when you look at the eighth pick overall if I'm the Falcons I don't think it's too steep a price Chicago's got a Caleb Williams is their pick if you can, if you're not give up the eighth pick to get Justin Fields you're Atlanta why in the world would Chicago you know keep Justin Fields and pass on Caleb Williams so I think to me if I'm Atlanta I would be happy to try to do what, – what, what's your other option? I mean, what are you doing at quarterback if it's not Justin Fields? There's no other quarterback in this draft that you're going to be uh, really excited about at eight. Trading down maybe and looking at Michael Penix Jr. possibly there with a trade down, but certainly not at eight. Oh, man. He's talking himself into some troubled territories there. And this comes from a guy who's talked himself into some sloppy take territories as recently as, you know, this hour. I don't think <laughs> I, seriously he's not he doesn't start that Danny by saying I would trade the number eight pick for Justin Fields because he says would you rather have Justin Fields or Michael Penix at eight and he says I'd rather have Fields then he talks about other things they could draft at eight you know if they kept Fields and then by the end he's saying well yeah I guess I am saying it and he just kind of blurts it out there it sounded sloppy in that way to me I agree you're kind of a wackadoodle I don't know where you're going <laughs> agreed Mitch I yes. don't listen I don't think he's worth that. I don't think anyone in the NFL thinks he's worth it. No, I don't think so. But is it possible he's worth – so, like, one of the old, uh, you know, conventional wisdoms is if it's a future pick, it's it's worth a round less than a present-day pick. So a future second, like a 2025 second, would be worth a 2024 third because the third-round pick this year – helps you win now i believe uh-huh. canada bill jones said that yeah, right? yeah 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 it just rolls off the tongue how, how i put it up there. now some people might look down on worms mechanics call it immoral but as canada bill jones said it's immoral to let a sucker keep his money that's right <laughs> what's saying i don't know there ought to be one thanks tanny point is this uh future second uh future first 
Like, is it is it at all possible that two teams getting into a bidding war on Justin Fields and say, I'll give you a 2025 first because then I don't know where it is in the draft? Like, would Atlanta say, no, 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 we get Fields this year. We get the eighth overall pick this year. Now we think our team is pretty good in a bad uh-huh. NFC South. We will give you our 2025 first because we will have our quarterback and we don't need it. I don't think there's a chance in hell you get one this year. I think there's like a 10 or 20% chance you could get one next year for him. I guess it's possible, um, but, you know, I haven't even let myself consider that. I've only been thinking about value for this draft because the Bears have needs still. Yeah. And you, you have needs and you're ramping up. So the idea would be to turn that asset into something you can use immediately if you're not going to use it. Uh, on fields the player turn it into a two or turn it into two threes or a two and a four or whatever the hell you can possibly get from it and then give those those picks to Caleb Williams or give those picks to Matt Eberflus's defense yep I mean but they always trade for future picks the the Panthers trade doesn't even fully vest until next year's draft yeah you know yeah. it's it's always a thing that you need to consider. And I've seen a ton of people on the internet say like, hey, Sam Darnold was traded for a second, a fourth, and a sixth, and Fields is better than Darnold. Yeah, mm. but that was the Panthers. Like that that that's that's what seemingly one of the worst organizations we've seen in the NFL. The Panthers had Baker Mayfield on their scout team D line last year. <laughs> yeah. It's the Panthers. Yeah, I, it, it's it's not a great precedent for how the rest of the league is hey, gonna do business. I'm glad you mentioned Baker Mayfield. That dude Balling. Balling. Balling out. Balling out. Oh, my God. There's so much to take away from that Eagles-Bucks game. There's, there's a bunch of things to take away from that, but good for Baker Mayfield. Did you hear the nugget that Joe Buck gave us last night? I had not heard about this, that Mayfield said he lost his confidence and he regained it during his five games with Sean McVay. Yeah. Because McVay said to him, hey, we're not going anywhere. This, nothing's happening this season. Just ball out, man. Play. Believe in yourself. Have fun. He's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I, I was pretty good one time. I, I, I was pretty good. Let me go ahead and, and think about it from that perspective. He said that's where he refound it. I and there that. are a few players that we've seen play the game with more fun, like more passion, right? Yes. Like, like the moxie, swagger, whatever you want to define it as. Yes. And, and, and you, you need that to be the best that you can be when you're Baker Mayfield. That, that was a big part of him doing it, and he lost it completely. So I loved that nugget. We'll get into some of the lessons from that game at 5, and I've got a question about the NFL that I can't stop thinking about, and I truly – and this will shock you. I don't even think I have the answer to it. Sometimes I think I have the answer and it's wrong. This one, I legitimately don't have the answer for it. That's coming up at 5. Parkinson Spiegel on the score.